Welcome to Replenish Your Life, the space to discover how to embody your purpose, strengthen your intuition, and manifest who you truly are. I'm Lucy. And I'm Morgan. And we hope you're ready to embrace your divine design and replenish your life. In today's episode, we're chatting to Kim Gould. Kim is a leading innovator and practitioner of human design. She loves to write about the emergent edge of current events and consciousness through a human design lens on her website, loveyourdesign.com, as well as doing teaching, mentoring, coaching, and professional training. Kim goes beyond working with one single human design chart and has created multi-layer charts which include holographic human design life cycles, asteroids, and feminine DNA. This brings a more fluid approach to human design. Hi, Kim. We are very honored to have you as a guest on the podcast today. Thank you so much for being with us. I'm Morgan and Lucy. Thank you so much for asking me. I'm really looking forward to our chat today. (laughs) Um, So, Kim, tell us a bit about your journey and how you came to discover human design? Oh, you know, I ended up getting my my mentor, who became my mentor, she sent me course materials in the mail, and I still remember tearing them open, <laughs> just get into them. <laughs> um, and I barely left my house for three months. Wow. Uh, it was winter, and I had the fire on, and I just remember having everything laid out on the floor in front of the fire, and just I just wanted to breathe it in, you know, like I couldn't. I couldn't mm. stop. Mm. I think a lot of people feel like that with human design. It's like, just keep it coming, keep it coming, keep it coming. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was pretty crazy. Um, and I got told at the time, it's not so much about the human design. This is the way you will draw attention to yourself. I haven't <laughs> even told anyone that before. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have this voice that tells me little snippets like that occasionally. So I thought, oh, okay. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and has that has that been true? I mean, is that <laughs> well? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because at the time, I was doing um, a thing called Body Talk, which is kind of like advanced, uh, multi level, multi dimensional level of kinesiology, and um, I just couldn't get any clients. And it's the best thing. And I was like, I don't know what's wrong with this. This is just so great. Why aren't more people coming? But once I started doing human design, that completely changed. So. Awesome. Wow, that's very really cool. I mean, I can certainly relate to that. Uh, I feel like when I first discovered human design, it was it was honestly like opening up Pandora's box. And I remember when somebody, I think I saw a post about it on on a Facebook group, and they said, "I'm a manifesting generator." And I was like, "What does that mean? What am I?" And then I found out that I was a manifesting. Well, I am a manifesting generator as well. And from there, it was just like, "Oh my goodness, this everything! I want to just know everything." Um, and do you know what I love about human design this is the thing I say to people I can tell you about what it is but until you actually have an experience of your chart you're not going to understand the power of it because that sense of recognition that's your DNA going that's me that's me (laughs) that that's why it's so extraordinary I think yeah agree 100 percent 100 percent um, so, Kim, thank you for that introduction. We we actually really want to ask you about 
to, to tell us more about the work that you do um, with Emergent Human Design. And, and we wanted to start off by asking you to tell us more about the rising divine feminine energy that is emerging on the planet right now. And, and tell us more about that from your perspective. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I work like 99% of my work is with women and that was not deliberate. That's just been an organic process. Um, and, and it, I think it really came about when I started working with the asteroids because what I realized with the asteroids when I started putting them into the design, um, and you mentioned Pandora. I mean, she was one of my initial, she, Pandora was the one who taught me about the patriarchal overlays on women's experience of ourselves and and how we've learned to um, dim ourselves, make ourselves, you know, diminutive mm. rather than stand in our full power. And we've and all of these ways of interpreting ourselves have become so habitual that we start we stopped being able to see them as this kind of filter or, or diminutive overlay. So Pandora, when I looked at her and the way she was interpreted in the design or in, in astrology as well, almost everyone says, oh, this is where you're too curious, you know, because she opened, took the lid off and right. what came out, all that dreadful curse energy. Um, so, you know, but basically she was the Greek um, Hesiod actually wrote about her, created her and said, she this she's going to be a curse on men you know because we all know what we know what women are like right guys <laughs> i mean that's how pandora came about actually as a curse on men mm. i know right yeah. huh. hmm. so so but when um when i looked into it there was actually a, a precursor to her before the greek version because Pandora actually means pan, which is all, and somehow Doro's gifts or something. So it's all gifted. So she was the goddess of the gifted, giftedness of the earth, like how, how blessed we are to be here, how many blessings and gifts we get from being here on the planet. That was her original nature. So in the chart, what Pandora shows is where we believe our gifts are curses. Hmm. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So, so if we take each of the asteroids and we and though mostly those um, Greek and Roman feminine archetypes, and we start to roll them back, what we find is what I call a, a more original self, where the feminine is not, um, you know, where where we are powerful, where we are in that original nature of who we really are, and, and what as wow. women we know that's who we are. Yeah. We know that. If you, uh, sorry if there's any guys have seen, but I know if you put a group of women together, they'll be like, yeah, men, right? Because, <laughs> because, <laughs> and, and I don't know if men know that, but women are kind of sitting around going, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, and really the kinds of, um, the kinds of knowing, the kinds of, of understanding of ways to be that women have and which are emerging in women right now are, are just extraordinary, an extraordinary gift that humanity has not been um, making use of and which we are beginning now to say, okay, you've had your run, you've had some fun, mm -hmm. we're coming back to just sort things out now, <laughs> I think, in a way. <laughs> yeah, and and. 
like that's the thing to look at like who's writing these stories you know that that created these sort of myths around the feminine energy and um so how how could we utilize these asteroids or how would the knowledge of these asteroids help us to to really uh, step into that power and so we have pandora but there um yeah. there's so many <laughs> I mean, there, there are there i mean there're literally i think 900,000 um asteroids but not wow. all of them have names and not we wouldn't use all of them um most people would have a, a, maybe 10 that would be really i mean i'm just i'm just putting an article up about um an asteroid called europa for example oh. um this morning i just found out she's on my sitting in the same gate as my son and when i look at europa i actually realize that so many of these themes i've actually played out in my life and that's what i find the stories i mean if you've got a really strong persephone you'll find that you have these um things that have happened that are very much in line with the persephone story um john john lennon a great example he has um on I can't remember, maybe on his moon, he has the one for this warrior who got shot and killed in the left shoulder, and that's exactly what happened to him. Wow. So I, it, they're really precise and, and hopefully, you know, not, not always in a bad way, but they're really precise. <laughs> so what we can actually learn from them is, um, and particularly, to, to like I said, to roll it back before that Greek and Roman overlay because our mm. culture is really built on that. Mm-hmm. And no matter how, you know, enlightened or modern we might think we are, it's still sitting. The codes are still sitting in our DNA. Religion, you know, the Abrahamic religion, the codes in West in Western culture, they are sitting in our DNA in terms of what we should or shouldn't do and being nice and, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> polite and all the things. There's so many things that keep us from actually kind of breaking out into who we really are Mm. just specifically in answer to your question just going back to Europa this idea of the the empress in in the tarot which is how I think of Europa it's like I have the capacity to be able to have to create a stable um, abundant world for myself and for others I mean that's Europa and she's sitting on the north node right now mm-hmm. so for women mm-hmm. everywhere it's like I, I'm the queen of my world and my world is not right and I need to set it to rights mm-hmm. so the, you can feel the like the energy of these um, archetypes is really really powerful in terms of women reclaiming something that we've been told is not ours to ask for so that really is powerful you're right and I can feel it in my being you know as you were saying that and and I can I can really start to understand just hearing you speak about it Kim why you know why these asteroids are actually incredibly relevant in human design Uh, the thing that I think is central to that point is that when Ra Uruhu first got the chart can you imagine like here he's got this thing right what what am I going to do with this? Mm-hmm. You know, it's so complex and amazing. Um, and he spent, as I understand, five years on Ibiza going around with his people who were part of his community kind of playing with it to see if it actually worked, and it seemed to. Um, but I think, you know, when he t- tried to take it out into the into the wider world, people couldn't 
grasp it. They couldn't understand it. Mm. Type was not part of the original revelation. Type was just a teaching tool that he hit upon to try to explain human design to people. So, you know, what a lot of what people take as human design now is not actually human design. It's specific things that he said, oh, maybe like kind of workarounds that he used to try to help people to learn about it. And I think people are really stuck in that layer now with all of the keywords and the labels. Um, I I ran a professional level training um, earlier this year or last year, I'm not sure. It was the first time I didn't teach. I didn't teach type until the last week. And we just, we did, we learned to read, they learned to read the chart. It's a whole different deal because a lot of people know, uh, you know, what's my type, what's my profile, what's my variable, what's my, you know, PHS, whatever. They know all those words. But when I, even really experienced people, when I talk to them about their actual chart, they're really surprised. It's as if they've never looked at it. Mm. And (laughs) so the thing about the asteroids, so just coming back to that, if we look at something like Ceres, for example, she's a planet. She's Mm -hmm. a planet the same way as Pluto is a planet. She should be in the chart. She should be, I believe, and I have for a long time, that Ceres, particularly in women's charts, but I think in men's charts as well, she creates definition. So there's that. I mean, it changes the definition of the chart. Um, John John Cleese, for example, has emotional definition. If we put Cirrus in his chart, he doesn't have it without. So, I mean, it 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 would change. You know, technically, it would change his awareness and authority, for example. But apart from that, if we start looking at so I might have a throat gate that reaches down to the solar plexus center, and then in the in the bottom gate where which is open in a standard chart, I might have six really powerful goddess asteroids sitting in that gate. What does that do to type? Well, what does that mean if I'm a you know a splenic projector? Just you know, I mean, people say to me, "Does that mean I'm an emotional manifestor?" I'm like, well kind of I mean you know I'm not saying this definition there but you have these you know you might have Persephone and Vesta and I mean it's crazy the energy that's sitting there unacknowledged unseen invisible in your chart and what I find with people in those sorts of situations for example is they really struggle to be a splenic projector (laughs) It's really, really hard for them to be as, and they're like, it's my not self, it's my not self. It's not. I mean, a lot of the not self stuff I can explain purely by looking at the multiple layer charts that I use and the asteroids. Once I put those two in, a lot of the not self is just really like, yeah, let's just get this sorted for you because that's actually not your not self, that's actually your real self that you're using in a not particularly resourceful way. Wow. And uh, yeah, like, so, so I, when I first discovered human design, I, I kind of, I, I thought, well, that's interesting. And I, I, I didn't quite resonate with the fact that there was only five types and that there, you know, that everybody in the world is within one of these types. Yeah, and exactly, it yeah. just, it just didn't like, I don't know, there was something about it. But then I did hear a lot in um, about, you know, just focusing on your type strategy and authority. So, you know, I experimented with that. And then I also had to come to a point where it's, 
you know, what resonated for me and how it felt good to, to make decisions or what, what, you know, um, and to not make it such, uh, you know, a, 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 like a hard rule or like, like a sort of a dogma that, I mean, mm-hmm. I feel most of us that are interested in, in human design are kind of don't really want to, to get into like, you know, you know <laughs> is the answer. Dogma dogma. It's actually a felt experience of correctness that we have when we're operating. Just let me just go back to type for a minute because type is basically a way in which we're designed to make decisions. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is that if we just work with those five simple, you know, labels of type, uh, that might that might be really great for I don't know. 60% of people, but the other 40%, their designs are more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. And so type isn't going to work for them. So there's a percentage of people whose who's chart, and you might be one of them, Morgan, whose chart does not really work simply in, you know, one of those five types. It's I, the, the strategies are good insofar as they go, but... Everyone has to understand, I think, in order to be able to use type strategy and authority, they have to be able to understand their, the way that the energy flows in their chart. Mm-hmm. Right. Because the strategy is not always going to work clearly and cleanly in that way for everyone. Some people, yes, a lot of people, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Um, it makes a lot of sense to me as well. I mean, so, so, you know, with type strategy and authority, how do we how do we actually move beyond that? Yeah, well, I mean, it's in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm in the process of putting together courses that actually help people to learn all of this because, mm. you know, I've I've been researching and innovating for for 15 years and I'm really at the point now of just producing a whole lot of materials so um, that's kind of that's kind of one answer another answer I would say is look at your chart actually look look Mm -hmm. at your chart and see the way it's really a description a visual description of the way your energy flows so we know we have you know, emotional awareness, you need to take time in everything, you know, like, what do I want for breakfast? Well, I'll come back in five minutes, you know, I'll just have a thing. <laughs> like everything, not just big decisions, but emotional people need more time. Otherwise, they're just confused mm-hmm. all the time, which they think is normal. Um, <laughs> you know, splenic people, you just like, um, oh, that was my first hit, but I'm going to ignore that. Right. I always think it's funny that splitting people try and slow down and, and solar plexus people try and speed up. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah, I see April's that. defined, you've always got to be in response, always got to be in response. I don't care what it's connected to, you've always got to be in response. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, have a look at those awareness centres and just just to do that and have a think about what is it connected to? Is it connected to the throat? Is it connected to the root? So it's constantly being impulsed and, you know, under pressure to just just look at the chart with what you know about the centres and look at what's connected to other things and, you know, start to have have a feel into that in your day to day life because it is literally your body. It's a body graph. It's literally the way your body works. 
cool. That's so cool. Um, and yeah, because I, I would say, you know, sometimes I feel like I kind of have to ask myself, is this a conditioned response or is it actually a natural, like, so if you're saying, you know, there, there's lots of sort of layers to the chart and um, even and bringing the asteroids in and, and we could have these gates, um, you know, that we, that aren't on the, the basic uh, body graph. Um, yeah. You know, how do how what would you say how did to differentiate that sort of um between the conditioned uh you know way of responding or acting to towards something that's like natural or innate that we may have in those other layers yeah the the natural or innate or you know in human design terms correct mm-hmm. experience of life feels good it's that simple okay if yeah. it's, I mean, you might get a kind of an addictive kind of hit on the, the condition <laughs> one, right? So, like, I do need that chocolate. <laughs> I do need to go shopping with my credit card today or I do need to watch that extra show on Netflix. You might get, but you, you should be able to feel the difference between that kind of, you know, really deep, and, and it is, it's deep trauma, generally, you know, genetic, mm-hmm. long held within your, your line. Um, but you should still be able to tell the difference between that and and just that this feels good, yeah, this feels good, mm-hmm. and and not to trivialise because I always say we don't know what we don't know, and and it's all very well to say follow your sacral response, but for a lot of people, their sacral is even if it's defined, it's really hard to know if that's the correct. You know, am I choosing something that's actually good? Yeah, yeah, and I I think this is one of the unexplored areas of conversation that should be had about human design is even if we follow our strategy it's a very inexact science because we have layers of conditioning that actually make it really difficult for us to know if we're making the right choices or not it's not like boom I've got it it's one of the reasons I started coaching because I can I, I see people over six months and, you know, four months in they'll be saying, oh, I did it again, didn't I? <laughs> because, of course, of course they did because we've been doing it all our lives. So we're going to not, we, they don't notice when they do it wrong mm-hmm. or incorrectly or whatever. Yeah, that's so important. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so Kim, just out of interest, what's your favourite asteroid to work with and can you tell us why? Oh, I really love Pallas. Um, and, uh, I mean, she's known as Pallas Athene, but there is actually an asteroid called Athena or Athene and mm-hmm. one called Pallas. So there's actually two. And they were two people, but I think um, Pallas killed Athene or Athene killed Pallas, I'm not sure, and then and then felt I shouldn't have done that and took the name and then so it was joined together. So it's really interesting um energy I think and the thing I love about Pallas is firstly she's your creative brilliance so wherever she sits in the chart this is a place where you are just like yep you just came in brilliant in that area of the chart cool um so I'm look mine up right now <laughs> no I'm like where's my chart <laughs> <laughs> and um the other thing I love about her is she was like a uh 
the daughter mascot for the patriarchy. So there was all this, it took 2,000 years for the patriarchal forces to come in and kind of suppress that goddess, um, those goddess civilizations in that Middle East area. Um, 2,000 years, like that's a, lot, that's a lot of conditioning that we're still carrying. Mm. Uh, but Pallas, they took, they took the daughters and married them or, you know, in this case they didn't marry them, married Pallas, but... Um, and and it was like this was a way of um, validating the I can't think of the word but but making them acceptable mm. to people because look we've got the princess or the queen has married our you know person wow. so mm. she was a daughter mascot who was there to valid I can't think of the word um, and she she was good at it she went into their world and she was freaking good at it she was a you know a strategist a, a warrior um she's tremendous at, at craft like she's known as the weaver uh, she had incredible vision so she she really found her feet very very quickly and was able to succeed so palace also shows us where we can do really well in you know what you might call the world of men um as it as it you know kind of was breaking upon the world then and then once she learned it, she was like, okay, well, let's see what we can do better. So Palace is really powerful now because this is where all the women are saying, we've learned your ways, we got really good at this, and now we can see how to move forward from here, where we're going to go from here. So she reconnected back beyond her father, Zeus, back further to her mother, who was Metis, who was a Libyan goddess of wisdom, and anchoring back into that ancient feminine wisdom, she can now combine that with what she's learnt and move um, humanity forward to the next level. Wow. I so powerful. That. So, Kim, we're really fascinated in, in the work that you do with, you know, the multi multidimensional aspect of human design and, and just the multi-dimensional aspect of us as human beings. And, and I'm interested to hear from you about what does it mean to you to be a multi-dimensional being? Oh, wow. Wow. That is such a great, thank you for asking me that question. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, when I, <laughs> how long have we gone? When <laughs> I, um, <laughs> when mm, I'm just trying to find a starting spot. There was a point where I had some very strange experiences and I was a really, really normal suburban housewife. I was a lawyer. We had a house. We had a mortgage. We had a little baby boy. I, I had no kind of, like I had, I went to have a tarot reading and I was really nervous because I'd never seen tarot cards before. Like that's the level of where I was sitting with all of this stuff at that time and I was I was about mid-30s then, but I had some really weird experiences um, and I and I was getting to, and do you know what's really funny though? I My voice was telling me things and I realised I didn't think that was weird because obviously that voice had been telling me things my whole <laughs> life and it was telling me to move to this area and um, and live on this particular permaculture property which was just starting up. And I, and it, I was like, 
what even? Like that was so crazy and so totally not my life. And why would I do a stupid thing like that? And it kept telling me all the time, this is where you're going to live. And I was like, if they would say that, this is where you're going to live. Go <laughs> <laughs> away. That's just so ridiculous. Anyway, so I um, <laughs> I went and, and studied Reiki and I had this really bizarre experience where I started telling the Reiki master what she was doing wrong and I was like, who is that? Shut up. <laughs> it's just talking through me. And so, you know, just strange kind of experiences. Um, I had a tarot reading that was pretty strange, but that was okay. And she said, you've got to go to this place. You've got to go there. So we sold our house. Oh, no. And then weirdly, this huge amount, $80,000 just turned up out of the blue. Wow. Like just turned up in my letterbox. I won't tell you the details, but it was okay. some money that I'd given up on years ago and it just turned up, no warning. So we sold the house, bought a caravan, took off and, <laughs> and ended up buying a house or a block of land and build a house on this property that my voice had been saying. And then I met my first girlfriend, left my husband, all this stuff. And then we went and lived at, we moved out. She and I moved. She was a shaman. Just (laughs) this was all like within a year, right? So then I went, I moved out to um, this probably about two years after the tarot reading, moved out to um, this incredible um, wilderness area and started talking to ETs and angels and having all this material, you know, like download material. And it was just really incredible. And I just felt myself, I felt like myself. You know, I didn't feel like oh, it was just like I'm home, I'm uh-huh. home. Um, and we had this thing then which um, we used to talk about fleet vehicles, which is that we each have all of these multidimensional aspects to ourselves, you know, all of these. And you mentioned star seeds in the email. It's like we have all of this. We're, we're just an anchor point for this huge range of multidimensional frequencies Mm. and what I think that we're doing and this is certainly what I think the 2027 thing is more about than anything we're actually and where the feminine leadership's coming in it's why I talk about it because women come to me all the time and say this is going to sound a bit weird but no (laughs) we're all having these experiences Uh it's just it's too it's too scary to talk about them because people go oh you're really weird (laughs) but this is going to be less and less weird you know just in the way that yoga used to be weird but you know if you go if you go to work and say I did a yoga class this morning no one's going to look at you strange anymore like they would have you know 30 years ago so this is going to become much more mainstream and the kinds of technologies that are going to be coming in on the planet through that is going to change everything Oh, I can't wait for that. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait for all the. I mean, there's. Thank you for sharing that. That, that was so beautiful. Um, it's everything that you said about it. and um, you know, and having the courage to step into that and 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 to to you know honor that that voice and that calling or that um, communication, you know, and, uh, oh, it's so awesome. And I can't wait for all this new, the new innovations and, um, technologies and, um, yeah, you know, even (laughs) as you were saying, people don't think this stuff is as weird as it was 
for yeah. four. And I, I, I'm definitely feeling a shift in myself. Like I feel much more comfortable in sharing a lot more things and, and being more vocal or public about, about that. Um, yeah. Whereas, yeah, it was a little bit more challenging years ago. <laughs> I think having been put in that, I was there for 20 years and being in that environment for that long with people who just thought it was normal really gave me a solid space to stand in and say it mm-hmm. um, and talk about it where I know a lot of people don't have that kind of um, supportive environment for, for those kinds of experiences. Um, I wanted to just say something about that. Oh, I know. Um, I'm actually going to put the star, the fixed stars into the um, onto the site, so Ooh, they'll all be cool. there. And yeah. yeah, and that's where we start to actually, you know, um, to see, you know, what kind of um, other universal frequencies are sitting in your design. That's, That's so awesome. cool. So can you tell us, yeah. um, you know, where people can go to to explore yeah. their chart with you? Yes. Yeah, so my website is loveyourdesign.com. Um, I have another site which I'm bringing, it will get integrated, but now it's Taraka, which is T-A-R-A-K-A dot I-O. So it's not .com, it's .io, so T-A-R-A-K-A dot I-O, T-A-R-A-K-A dot I-O. And what I've done there, so um, years ago, this is a little story for all you generators out there who, you know, need to know how to live in response. Years ago, I was thinking, I'm so sick of working all this out manually. Like I I used to get a list of the asteroids and their position and then I'd get the human design index and I'd write down what gate, it would take me hours and hours to do a chart. Um, before I even saw the person and I was thinking what am I going to do what am I going to do I really need to have this automated and I don't know how to do it and then one of my students came to me Lisa and said "Uh, Kim you need this automated and I said oh Lisa that would be so great she said I'm a software engineer (laughs) I'm going to do that for you (laughs) fantastic (laughs) (laughs) and because she knew she'd studied with me so she knew all about human design and she she knew how you know so it all just happened really easily then Oh, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, go there, and you can you it, it'll it's all just there for you. Amazing. So Kim, um, what's your human design type? What's I'm a gener. Well, and of and course, so I'm a generator. <laughs> okay. And my ascendant. If I pop my ascendant in, which is in Gemini, and it actually. Mm. It actually brings the two areas of my split definition together. And if I use it in terms of understanding how my chart works, it makes me an ego manifester, which I so totally have been (laughs) all my life in that kind of energy. So that makes sense to me. But also I've got to honour that pure generator energy. Otherwise I'll just burn out. But I've got to honour that as well. So that's a kind of simple answer there's more to it but that's awesome so you mentioned you're a Gemini ascendant can you share with us your sun and your moon sign in astrology my yeah my sun's in um Cancer and my moon's in Capricorn so I work from home fantastic I'm a Capricorn moon as well so (laughs) ah lovely (laughs) beautiful so, Kim, thank you. We want we want to end with um, a question that we ask all our guests, and we'd love to know what replenishes you. Swimming in the ocean, absolutely. 
even just now in winter, walking in the ocean with my feet in the water, just along the edge of the water. I just love it. Just love it. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, Kim, thank you so much. It's been such a huge honor and a privilege to to have you here with us. Um, I feel like we could carry on talking for hours. Uh, there's so much to talk about and you just have so much wisdom to share with the world. Um, we'll make sure that all of your details and your websites are in the show notes for everybody to go and access. Um, just thank you. Thank you for everything that you've shared. Oh, it's with been us. so lovely meeting you both and talking to you. So thank you for inviting me. If you'd like to learn more about Kim Gould, you can go to loveyourdesign.com, follow her on Instagram at loveyourdesign, and join her Facebook page, Love Your Design, where she talks all things human design, the current planetary transits, and all about the asteroids. For complete episode show notes and all of the links mentioned throughout this episode, check out replenishyourlife.buzzsprout.com. For more information on classes, meditations, and community events to help you replenish your life, and to sign up to receive bi-monthly transformational content, check out bit.ly forward slash replenishing life. You can also find us by searching for Replenishing Life Project on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review for the Replenish Your Life podcast. In our next episode, we're talking to intuitive coach and spiritual guide Erin Rogers, all about discovering your destiny using astrocartography. cartography.